0: Welcome to this edition of the Disciples Men podcast with your host Greg Alexander and Alex Ruth. Thank you for joining us as we explore the many challenges of being man of faith in these challenging times.
1: Disciples Men is a ministry of Disciples Home Missions of the Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in the U.S. and Canada. Let's listen in today's conversation. Welcome to another edition of the Disciples Men podcast. This is uh, Alex Ruth, your Associate Director of Disciples Men, and glad to be with you again today. And as always on the call with us, we have uh, Greg Alexander, who is our Director of Disciples Men. Greg, good to have you with us today.
0: Thank you, Alex. Great to be here as always. Uh, Looking very much forward to this conversation today.
1: Yeah, me too. Me too. Well, we have a special guest with us today, and Greg, I'd like you to introduce uh, him to all of us.
0: My pleasure. We have with us the Reverend Chung Song Kim, and uh, Chung is the executive pastor of the North American Pacific Asian Disciples for the Christian Church Disciples of Christ in the United States and Canada. I've had the privilege of working with Chung quite quite some years now since he started in this position. Uh, our paths have crossed. Uh, he is a full uh, member of the College of Regional Ministers, which I served in for many years and and uh, worked with him primarily through that. But Chung is uh, another one of our superb leaders for the Christian Church Disciples of Christ, and we are just honored that, that he is with us today. Chung, welcome.
2: Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting me here.
0: Um, as, our, as is our custom, we want, to, want you to spend a few minutes introducing yourself to us and uh, kind of your journey in ministry, how you got to be uh, the executive pastor in Napad. And, uh, and so we're going to give you the mic for a few minutes to share that story with us.
2: Okay. Uh, my name is Chung Sung Kim. As you might guess, uh, I'm Korean American. Uh, I was the, I a student in uh, McCormick theological Seminary. Uh, that is almost 30, 32 years ago. So I came <laughs> United States as a student, but uh, after I finished my M.Div. and then moved into the PhD, I decided to stay here. Uh, before I came to uh, Indiana, Indianapolis as an executive pastor, I was, I was a pastor in Atlanta, Georgia. A uh, new church planter. Uh, maybe 15 years ago, I was not disciple. I was Presbyterian uh, church member. Uh, sometimes the Korean, uh, most of the Korean Christians, uh, Presbyterian or Methodist. Uh, it is not by choice but by history. Because in uh, late 19th century, the first two missionary. Uh, came to Korea in 18, 1885 is a uh, Presbyterian, one Presbyterian and one uh, Methodist. So most of the Korean Christian um, follow that tradition. So I become a Presbyterian because my father is a pastor. But when I uh, moved here, uh, I happened to know someone, some disciple. At that time, 30 years ago, I didn't know he is a disciple because... All the day, there's a dual membership was possible between uh, Presbyterian Church USA and the disciple. One of my mentors was Sung Man Lee. Uh, He was the first president of the uh, NCC USA and then the first Asian moderator of the PCUSA. He was a a disciple and the Presbyterian and has dual membership. And he was the Asian American was working with a doc, a Dr. Martin Luther King when he was a, a chaplain in the Louisville University in Kentucky. So that's the, uh, why I get to know the disciple. Mm-hmm. And when and I really want to decide to be ordained, I decide to join disciple because disciple is so open and, and inclusiveness and then their history. I, I'm the student of the history so I get to know the disciple, and then uh, I, I kind of think that I was a hidden disciple. Uh, I will uh, tell the little story. Uh, uh, my father was the disciple, uh, the Presbyterian pastor in Korea. Uh, Presbyterian is more strict in terms of the how we share the communion, only for the uh, the baptized. And then you have to look look yourself and then ready to the uh, (laughs) ready to the communion but my father was admonished almost punished by the presbytery, because he bring the communion to the street uh, especially uh, the sisters who are walking in the street so he bring he uh, brought the communion to them never ask you are baptized or not you are ready or not he just share the communion so because of that, he was uh, punished. And then Presbyterian um, tradition is that infant baptism. Even though my father was a Presbyterian pastor, four of my siblings never baptized as an infant. He said, you have to decide when you are ready. So I believe I'm kind of a hidden disciple, yeah? <laughs> my father. So that's the, my natural story. Then I joined disciple and i was working as a new church pastor in atlanta and five years ago the board of directors of napad called me as a interim exec pastor and then after two years i become a permanent pastor so that that is my story and then my wife i married for 32 years now and Mm -hmm. i have one daughter who is still in atlanta working in the uh university then.
0: What a wonderful story, Chung. Thanks for sharing <laughs> yeah. that. You you mentioned your PhD. I didn't know you had a PhD. What was your area I of didn't study?
2: Finish it, yeah, but I was all about all about dissertation. So uh, <laughs> that is the history. Uh, I was studying in the uh, Presbyterian Seminary in Richmond. They used to call it Union Theological Seminary, but it is confused with the seminary in New York. They decide yeah. to uh, call it uh, Presbyterian Seminary in Richmond. So I was studying church history, actually mm-hmm. American church history. At that time, I get to know about the disciple. <laughs> I mean, I have a lot of uh, connection with the disciple. I was yep. a promoter of some movie. It's a movie is about the Nanjing Massacre by the Japanese mm-hmm. imperialism. This the movie is about uh, a missionary who are protecting the local uh, population from the uh, uh, Japanese aggression. That story uh, is about the missionary, Christian missionary, they just said that. But later I found out there's a, a disciple missionary. Uh, she was the missionary there and then protect uh, almost 3,000 finest uh, woman from the uh, Japanese imperial religion. Uh, so I have some connection, I have so many connections, so I'm happy to be call myself as a disciple now.
0: <laughs> well, and we are thrilled that you call yourself yeah. a disciple now, I'll tell you that. Yeah. And of course, you know, disciples have such strong Presbyterian roots from our very beginning, and so yeah. uh, uh, we are we are very grateful. Um, since we asked you to do this uh we've experienced some real tragedy uh some horrific tragedy uh, among the asian community especially in atlanta and i was not aware of your personal connection with atlanta and uh, and i know that that has um, added an extra layer of concern for you and your ministry and um I, I did want to give you a chance or we wanted to give you a chance to kind of share some of what uh, you and the asian community have been experiencing in uh you know, especially this last year?
2: Yeah, uh, it's a really difficult time for the Asian community, uh, especially for the last uh, last one and a half year. Uh, after the COVID has happened, uh, you may remember that some of our political leader call uh, COVID as uh, Kung flu, Chinese virus or something like that. Uh, because of that kind of insensitive uh, racist comment, violence against, uh, I mean, verbal and uh, physical violence against Asian community has 800%, some some people call it 150%, but that is strictly violent reported uh, to the authority. But in, in our uh, ecumenical Asian community status, I mean, only 10 or 15% of that kind of uh, threatening or physical violence is reported. That means conservatively, that violence has increased 800% last year. 4,000 violence. So there's a people are attacking, you may see some some video clip that uh, 60 years old, old lady was just attacked in the San Francisco, but that happened almost every day and several times in every day. Uh, I also talk about uh, the minor aggression uh, from the community. They just all call us name. Uh, so that, that was a really difficult time for us. Uh, I think the, it is based on the racism and the misunderstanding. Uh, not only for for last two years, but Asian community has experienced that kind of racism for a long time. In early 18th century, we have a, uh, 19th century, we have a special uh, law passed that is a Chinese exclusion, uh, that is to prevent anybody who are related with the Chinese blood cannot be uh, actually in, in United States and have a immigration. And then you also remember that during the World War II, uh, Japanese American was in the in camp of internment. And right. there is so many uh, stories that was ignored. But uh, the Asian community is here uh, early as uh, the 17th century. And actually, if we go further back, uh, many of the Native American, they are the uh, same uh, uh, ethnic group of the Asian American. We, we believe that they cross from the Asia to the Alaskan area and then coming to here. So as an immigrant uh, immigrant uh, uh, for, for myself, sometimes it is hard to just claim our place here. Uh, I mean, you don't have to explain why you are here. Yes? Yeah. Right, right. You shouldn't, yeah, shouldn't. Uh, So many times people ask me, where are you from? So I intentionally uh, said that I am from Atlanta. Yeah. (laughs) And then then he or she asked again, I mean, originally. So, oh, originally, originally I I came from the uh, South Korea. But uh, you never ask uh, the white right. American that you are I from. That means usually what state you are from, not mm-hmm. because not uh, from the Scotland, England, or Ireland, or something like that. Right. But right. they came. Even my daughter who was born here. Uh, uh, I mean, born here and then old high education, and many people approached her said that Wow, your English is perfect." <laughs> <laughs> that happened that happened always. So. Oh, oh,
0: golly! Yeah. Well, one of the things that I think people need to understand as well, Chung, is that um, NAPAD is much broader in its representation than just yes, uh, the Chinese or Korean communities. Sure, that sure. Uh, can you kind of share because it's really a beautiful story? Uh, can you yeah. kind of share? The, the the total breadth and depth of the of the communities you serve on yeah. all of our behalf
2: yeah. napad uh, you may know is a north american pacification disciple this is a long name uh, mm-hmm. the reason is we in our community we have a, a really diverse culture napad yes. ministries uh, consist of more than 18 different ethnic and linguistic groups uh, I will say some names the Burmese, Cambodian, Chin, Chinese, Turkish, Filipinos, Indian, Indonesian, Japanese, Karen, Korean, Laotian, Mongolian, Montanak, Samoan, Tongan, Vietnamese, Zhou, and keep growing. So we have wow. a 18 different group, and then we are growing because uh, last year I met one community from the Nepal. So they didn't join yet, but our community is growing. That means wow. in our community, 18, at least 18 different languages is spoken. Right, wow. It is a beautiful country. So people ask how you communicate? Of course, in English. All this English is our second language. So we just, communicate with it. And I always said that uh, disciples beautiful community always we emphasize the diversity. yes. And I can say that the Napad community is the that community. Uh, we can say it is most disciple like community, inclusive, yeah. multicultural, and in, in, in Book of Revelation, there's a beautiful story in the heaven and then all the nation is coming and, and doing something and then uh, praise the God. That is the future image. But I always said that NAPEC communities is living in it right now. Right. So, of course, it is a good side, but... The bad side is there is some difficulty of communication. We have a typical culture. Uh, I know some of the language. I speak uh, several languages, not not fluently, uh, and, but I'm an 18 language. And I cannot <laughs> do that. But uh, sometimes language doesn't matter. Uh, I Can I tell a, a story to express? Yes, please. Yeah. Of course. But, uh, a couple of years ago, I went to uh, Portland and the Seattle area because there's a three Turkish churches there. Uh, so I decided to go there. And then uh, most of them want me to be in their worship service. So what they did is they changed their worship time a little so I can participate uh, three different worship service in a day. Uh, you might not know, but the Turkish worship service uh, lasts at least two or three hours. Because not only for the uh, worship party itself, but before worship is uh, coming up, they sing together. And then you have to shake everybody's hand before actually happen. So uh, sharing the peace is uh, really active. So it is a is three hour. Uh, I know some of the Turkish language, but that is basically, say, hello, my name is Chung Sung Kim or something like that. It's crazy. So I didn't understand uh, what they are doing in the sermon or something. The three hour, and I uh, was participating in three different worship services at that time. You might (laughs) think, wow, that should be boring or something. But honestly, I didn't feel any boring time there, I was so excited. I was a part of that uh, culture. I mean, nine hour worship service was just go fast. So what I'm wanting to say is, of course there's a a barrier of the language, barrier of the culture, but when we are there as a Christian and then we are mingled and then just, I mean, that is the Holy Spirit we are talking about.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm.
2: Even yes. though we cannot communicate, I I, I cannot speak uh, the Chokis language very well. They don't speak Korean word, uh, but I mean I was there and then I feel the, the existence of God uh, among us. Yeah, that that is the story. So I mean we have uh, so many different culture, and we it is not true that all the uh, uh, Nepal community get along well. No, we have our own history. Uh, I have uh, some history, I mean, Korea has a history of the imperialism, Japanese, some of the small minority in the Southeast Asia, they have uh, some experience of oppression from the uh, government, uh, uh, certain government. So in, in our group, we have a history of conflict, but as a Christian, as a disciple, we are just try to understand each other more. And then we want to put uh, the, our faith first. That faith that is Jesus was our, our Savior and then he showed how we should live according to the gospel. So we try to follow that example. That is the something that overcomes some difference, uh, uh, some, sometimes some conflict in our community. I'm, I'm
1: curious. Um, I know we have, uh, I, I live in Missouri, so Mid-America region. We have a couple. Uh, we have one established and one forming Chucky's congregation here. Um, tell us a little bit about that demographic piece, uh, percentage of regions that have NAPAD congregations, and then about how many congregations across our denomination um,
2: uh, associate with, with NAPAD. NAPAD, uh as i said is 18 different ethnic groups, but our uh, church we have around uh 120 and 30 i i cannot say exact number because it's changing so fast yes. as a new church so we have uh, around 120 130 uh, congregation uh, uh, many of them is uh, in west coast uh, the PSW region is one of the strong napep but uh, the in, in Illinois region was Seattle. That is kind of we are all over the map, all over. The, and we have a couple of our uh, congregation in in Canada. The Filipino congregation is in Canada. So uh, we don't have any majority uh, ethnic group. Uh, even though the Korean church is strong, it is not. Not half, more than half. It's not majority. We have almost forty percent of the Korean church there, and the Turkish group is one of the fastest growing mm-hmm. congregation. Uh, we have a, a last four years, last four year, we planted uh, almost almost twenty church, and wow. among them, eight of them is the Turkish church. Uh, we have in Bismarck, uh the North, uh, North Dakota there's a one new Turkish church is established there. Wow. You, you may not remember that we didn't have any disciple church in North Dakota. Right. So that is the first disciple congregation wow. in Bismarck. And then that story is amazing. When they found the need of the church in Bismarck, I talked with the Turkish community in Turkish Valley, and then several families They are from the actual Missouri, St. Joseph. Several uh, family volunteer to move there and plant church. Wow. So just think about it. They found the need in the Bismarck and then several family move, actually move Viscount. Wow. And uh, Larry Sotom is the pastor there and then his family move there and then plant church. That wow. is evangelism, I believe. <laughs> yeah, uh, that is the Anglo Church has something to learn. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah, Anglo I, Church I, has something to learn from that.
2: Yeah. <laughs> that, that is exciting. Sometimes, yeah. Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm really, in my personal part, is uh, really disappointed in my part because I have to find some resources for for them, but it's very limited. And yeah. is the, as I said, fastest growing uh, community, many new churches planting, but our uh, general ministry is relatively small. Our budget is, a, you, you may be surprised how tiny our budget is. So mm-hmm. uh, we are doing our best uh, to support our uh, church. And with, with a very small amount of financial support, we just support uh, that just maybe a couple of thousand dollars but that is the big money for that community sometimes. They can buy some some of the electric uh, instrument, musical instrument, because the music is a big part of their worship. Yes. Uh, so I try to do my best to find some resources church-wide uh, so that I can support that growing group. But last two, years, one and a half years, very difficult time uh, for, yeah. especially for the Pacific Islander because uh, they are one of the most affected group uh, in terms of the COVID infection. So we lost a couple of pastors, church mm-hmm. pastors uh, from COVID. And because many of them is, uh, their work is a uh, labor uh, out there, and working physically. Mm-hmm. And that that was uh, difficult for me and for the uh, community. Uh, our church's pastor, uh, they have a, Churches uh, ministry uh, pastor uh, who was a uh, is up not uh, uh, actually he was impacted and he was in the emergency room for two weeks now he is recovered, so I'm happy for that. but uh, Pacific Island group is the group that was most affected by this COVID uh, yeah COVID
0: I I hope that uh, my understanding is is that New Church starts is a partnership between the regions and congregations and and certainly would be with napad yeah. and i i do hope that you are finding uh, you know that kind of support at all these new church starts I mean, regions don't have a lot of money either but mm-hmm. still that's a that's a commitment we need to make i i always wondered always wanted to help congregations especially uh, i serve a little tiny church here in central kentucky and you know, they, they're they always wondering what they can do more for their ministry and uh, to show their ministry just beyond sending money to, you know, Disciple Mission Fund. And I personally believe that one way that you extend your personal witness is supporting a new church. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, write, write a check to, to this congregation, whether it's in Kentucky or North Dakota, wherever it is, wherever it is and show that, you know, that they represent a, a part of our witness. And we want to be a part of that global witness. And uh, or, or you know, national, uh, binational witness that we're doing, uh, you know, for the church wherever. And uh, I, I hope that uh, I hope that people understand that that is a way that we can support the growth of our church. Is you know, wow. there are people doing some, making, like you just identified, huge sacrifices for the gospel mm-hmm. on behalf of the Christian church disciples of Christ. And we all ought to be in it together in making this witness happen. And um, and I, I have to assume that your work as a new church planter has been a yeah. great gift to these folks as they do their work.
2: Yeah, I think I experienced because I planned actually I planted two two church uh, in one in Washington D.C. area. That was a Presbyterian church, but in the in, in Atlanta there was a Good Neighbor Christian Church, is a Disciple Church. Yeah. And planting new church is very I mean, special ministry. Uh, mm-hmm. We need a lot of uh, commitment, not only for the pet, only for the pastor, but uh, in, our, in my case, many of them is for the uh, pastor's family. Uh, they have to sacrifice a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is not uh, because, a, a, as Greg you mentioned, uh, now the financial condition of the each region is not that uh, good, so it is sometimes difficult to garnish all the uh, support, financial support timing. But I mean, but, uh, I mean there's, there are people who are passionate for this uh, ministry, the church ministry. So yeah. it doesn't matter, they get the support or not. Uh, was a, in, in my case, it was the same. I just want to plant a church and then make disciples known to Korean community. So I started, uh, I, ne- I was nesting in the John's Christian Church uh, in Atlanta, and we have a worship service in the afternoon. Uh, we don't have any uh, salary or something. I was working, my wife is working, and then we are doing that uh, kind of a tent-making ministry. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understanding, understand the, what is going on out there. Uh, many of the new church movement in NAPAD, the pastors, uh, they don't pay by the church or region. Uh, I mean, most of them at least. They're working their own job, sometimes two jobs, three jobs, and then they do whatever is available. But they are doing that because that is their passion. They believe that is uh, their calling. Uh, I'm grateful many of the, our regional leaders and then region, they are supporting uh, new churches. Mm, but I have to say that it is more important to support uh, an APEC new church financially then you have to understand that NAPED is doing our ministry disciples ministry right. NAPAD is not mission field NAPED right. is a, not the separate community out there we can help NAPED is our community among ourselves as a disciple we are doing we are uh, Walk together. So that, that recognition is uh, I mean, more important uh, uh, for many of them. Sometimes uh, because of the language, communication is very limited. That means sometimes it is hard for that community to mingle with existing uh, regional group or something. But they are disciples because they decide to join disciples right. yeah, intentionally. Right. So yes. we have to, I believe, uh, we have to order that intention and then celebrate uh, the, their diversity among ourselves. So that is the important message I really, this is not NAPET ministry. This is not Chung Sung Kim's ministry to support NAPED community. This is our own ministry. Absolutely. Our disciple. So thank you for clarifying that. that is uh, really important. Yeah.
0: And and they become the, those uh, folks who join you choose to join the disciples become some of our best evangelists. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, their story is so rich and powerful and filled with the Spirit that they become some of our best evangelists. And and again, that's a ministry that serves all of us as disciples. Whenever the gospel is proclaimed with that kind of enthusiasm and energy and power, we all we all are are better off uh, in our witness uh, for that. And we. That's just wonderful. Thank you for for sharing all that with us.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to wonder um, if you would speak. And again, you've got 18 different groups, so this is not a monolithic (laughs) thing. I understand that. Um, But uh, how active is uh, is Disciples Men, is men's ministry within those uh, congregations that are associated with NAPAP?
2: Actually, each congregation has a very strong uh, men's ministry. But uh, I really want to promote uh, uh, the men's ministry group in Napa join the broader church uh, yes. in, in the region. Uh, sometimes it is very difficult uh, for, for many of the, the Korean church or some church because of the language. And 80% of the, 80%, more than 80% of Napal congregation have a worship service with their own language. Only mm-hmm. 15, 20% do the in English. Uh, so that is the one thing uh, is kind of preventing them from joining. But I believe uh, our new generation, our younger generation leader is uh, coming out of the church they have no problem in language. And then they are now in, in many parts of our general ministry in the region, they are the leader of the, uh, our community, our disciple. So I believe uh, in, in my part, uh, okay, the, there's language barriers, but we can overcome that. But easier way is we can invite younger generation of the NAEPC community they can join the broader men's ministry and then they can kind of uh, bridge uh, between uh, English speaking, the general uh, population and disciple and uh, the, the first language speaking may poor. Uh, uh, that is happening many times. I visit a small church, uh, the pastor who cannot speak English, but their children is... Uh, uh, right. going to church, I mean, going to school, they they can speak English. So many times, uh, the second generation, um, they are translator between mm-hmm. me and the congregation uh, okay. in, in many cases. So uh, that can be a well, good uh, example how we can walk together. So uh, even though, I mean, another way is we may just visit a uh, congregation and then we can have uh, some conversation with the men's group. Uh, we, we can visit uh, one uh, Samoan church in, in, in uh, Oakland and then they have a very strong um, group. We can have uh, some meeting with them and introduce what they are doing uh, for the uh, for bigger church. That is the one. So first one is uh, inviting the younger generation uh, men's group in our conversation. And then uh, with them, you can visit uh, that church so that language barrier is kind of uh, <laughs> lower in that way. Right. Well,
0: that's certainly where we, we need your guidance uh, in helping us right. uh, you know, do our work with, as disciple men. And um, as you know, Chung, one of the things that we, one of our initiatives is to develop a, a whole new curriculum, a whole new approach to men, disciple men study uh bringing together you know know, representatives from the whole church men together that can help us do this and um i had not thought about that the you know the younger men should be the kind of the target group of that uh not necessarily the target but the the point of entry Mm -hmm. for that which is really encouraging and of course you know you suggested some wonderful people for us to to do this and and one is a young pastor uh who fits the bill perfectly and uh by KJ Kim and uh, 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 anyway, uh, the point is, is that this is a this is a place where we sort of feel like we're still stumbling in the dark a bit, trying to figure out how we, you know, uh, how we uh, begin to make inroads as a as a ministry, a whole ministry for the whole church, into into all the places uh, where we are and into all the different communities. Uh, and cultures that represent who we are as disciples. And again, no one knows the challenge of that more than you. Right. Uh, and, um, and so we are so grateful for your assistance in helping us uh, figure this out, and for your patience with us as we try to make sure we don't stumble too much in the in the process. But. Um, But certainly, certainly, uh, you know, Disciples Men wants to be totally inclusive. We want to make sure that not only like we're doing the podcast, that we help people understand the richness and the wealth, the beauty of the fullness of our church, of who we are, and as well as how do we begin to resource Disciple Men in embracing that and turning that into, you know, a shared ministry that all of us can do together. And uh it's a big task you know it is because you deal with it every day and um, we're just so grateful that we have uh, uh, you to guide us and help help us uh, along the way and hope you feel our sincerity in trying to do that
2: it's a a great i always think our faith journey is a a learning process yes we think we know something about our own courage sometimes someone, some other's culture, but every day you meet with open heart with somebody and then you learn something. Uh, yes, As you might know that in 2022, 20, now is a postponed. We have a, a meeting, uh, it's real. That is the national convocation, Hispanic ministry, and then the getting together. I mean, that event will be wonderful. But for me, it's a more important thing so far, for me, is how we learn each other uh, when we prepare that meeting last year. Last, I'm now almost last two years. We get to know uh, about the culture of the Obra Spaniard and then their history, their theology. Uh, we learn more about how they feel in national convocation, their struggle, and then their issue. We are totally different, but we get to know each other. That process makes us really whole as a church. So uh, I'm really grateful for for the uh, disciple men's Ministry to invite me not only share the story of an iPad, but also I learn what you are doing uh, as a disciple. So I'm open to learn from you. And then if you invite me to sharing our story with you, that would be great. And then that should be happening every day and yes. everywhere.
0: Yeah, ab- Absolutely. It's so one of the reasons why we've been, as you know, as we've been a little bit delayed in our project, is that we know that the, the way that starts is we get to have to know each other. Mm-hmm. And we, we're, we want to make sure that we can come together, you know, in a face-to-face, in a retreat format, where we can truly get to know and love and respect each other as we begin this work together. And And, uh, you know, that's where we've been impacted by COVID and the pandemic is it's certainly slowed down uh, our intent and what we want to achieve, but we will, you will be a partner in this every step of the way, Uh, you know, as much as time as you're willing to give us, we will certainly, uh, you know, welcome that Chung. And uh, we know we got a a big ministry ahead of us. We are so grateful for you and for your time, for your ministry. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm always serious. You're a great leader. I've had the chance to observe that and the church is so blessed to have you in your ministry. And uh, thank you for taking some time to be with us today.
2: Thank you. Thank you for inviting me, this is wonderful. And uh, uh, to kind of put up with my English, sometimes uh, I have not been here for, for a long time, but English is my second language. And from one point I stopped, uh, um, uh, stopped trying to improve my English not because I don't wanna do it, but because I kind of realized that communication is both them. Yes. To listen more carefully to each other is the starting point of the communication. So I think it is great to have you and then have a conversation.
0: Amen, that's a great place to end.
2: (laughs) That's a great
0: learning. Thank you so much, Chung.
2: Alex? Thank you, Chung.
1: I really appreciate spending the time with us today. And to all the listeners, thank you. hope you'll catch us again on the next edition of Disciples Men Podcast.
0: Our special thanks to our good friend, the Reverend Dr. Dean Phelps, for providing the special music of this podcast. You can discover more of Dean's music at deanphelpsmusic.com. And you can learn more about the ministry of Disciples Men on Facebook and through discipleshomemissions.org.